Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. Welcome to the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's your host, Jack Jones, back with more winners for Week 8 NFL and Week 9 college football. And man, had the winners been flowing, we've gone five straight winning weeks, 22-8 and eight during this five-week stretch. Now 55-31-2 on free picks and teasers, our last 17 football podcasts. Teddy Davis and I went 6-0 and last week. Teddy cashed Northwestern and the Vikings. I cashed UCF and the Chargers. Both NFL teasers won as well. This week, Brandon Lee joins me to keep the winning streak going. How's it going, Brandon? Hey, it's going really well. Uh, congrats on the 6-0 and week by you guys. Uh, hope all the listeners that, you know, have stuck it out after those slow first few weeks of the season and are enjoying the profits that we're providing them and, and many more weeks to come still to go. Yeah, it's been an awesome uh, awesome five weeks here. And, uh, you know, what's really cool is check out the sportscapping.com leaderboard and you'll find Brandon and I ranked as uh, top two college football handicappers. I'm number one. Brandon's number two currently. That's pretty sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it just goes to show you, you know, had you got a season subscription from the both of us, I, you know, be really uh, banking a lot of money this football season. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it going and stay one, two the rest of the way. Yeah, let's stay up there, man. Uh, I'm number two in the NFL also, 63 and 31 football run last six weeks. Let's give the listeners those free pick winners they've been looking for here, Brandon. What's your best college football bet for Saturday? All right, I'm going back to the uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, I took them the last time I was on against Wisconsin uh, as a big dog, and this time I'm going to roll them as a favorite. Uh, Purdue's laying five at home against Nebraska. You know, I know the Boilermakers laid an egg uh, last week on the road against Rutgers, losing 12 to 14. Um, it was a tough one for me to watch as I had the over in that game. And uh, despite racking up a ton of yards, uh, Purdue's offense um, was unable to get anything going until late. Um, but, you know, if you look at the scoreboard in that game, they, you know, they were the better team. And I think they're going to bounce back in a big way. They had 474 total yards to Rutgers 217 and a 25 to 8 edge in first downs. Um, they're on the season outgaining opponents by nearly 20 yards a game a massive advantage or improvement over last year when they were on average getting outgained by a hundred yards a game. You know, I, I think this is one of the most improved teams in the country under first year head coach, Jeff Brom and Nebraska. On the other hand, I, I think is one of the most overrated teams in the country. I know the Cornhuskers are coming off a bye. I just don't think it's going to matter here. Uh, Mike Riley isn't a good fit for this program. And, and I think, the players and you know the fan base everyone knows that it's only a matter of time before he's shown the door and, and uh, you know if I'll throw my two cents out there I, I have a pretty good feeling it's gonna at some point um, either next year or the year after gonna be UCF's head coach Scott Frost uh, making his return to Lincoln um, to turn this program back around um, the thing here you know what can't be overlooked is this is a night home game um, it's a, a Big time advantage in the college football level. The atmosphere is going to be electric. Um, and, and I think this Purdue pan, fan base is ex excited as they've been um, in over a decade about this team. I, I think they still believe they have a good shot at getting to a bowl game. And, you know, it, they, this is a game they have to have to get to that. Um, and it's not just a motivation and coaching edge uh, for Purdue. I, I really like the matchup here. Purdue's offense is better than people think. You know, they I mentioned that the fluke 12 points against 
uh, records last week, you know, you would expect a team to score closer to 30 with 500 yards of offense. And then they had two games against Michigan and Wisconsin where they had a combined 19 points. Those are two of the best defenses in the country, and they're going to shut down a lot of offenses. And it's not like we haven't seen Nebraska's offense struggle against good defenses. Uh, as far as the Cornhuskers defense is concerned, it's not very good. Uh, they're 70, 70th or worst in the country against both the run and the pass. And, you know, what a lot of people overlook with this Purdue team is their defense. You know, Brahms, a guy that's known for his offense and, you know, really, you know, getting his team to put up a lot of points. But this uh, Boilermaker defense ranks 49th in the country, allowing just 369 yards per game. And, and that's not even the most impressive stat. They're giving up 19.3 points per game against teams that are scoring on average 31.8. Um, I, I think Nebraska's struggles co- continue here, and I, I think Purdue wins by at least a touchdown in this one. Purdue's been pretty good to you, Brandon. Uh, I know you had them on with with against Wisconsin a few weeks back. That game was a little bit misleading because they were outgained by 277 yards, but equally they were equally. It was a very fortunate cover. I, I won't deny that. <laughs> they were equally unfortunate against Rutgers last week, though, outgaining them by 257 yards. So it's like, you know, two crazy games back to back where they were complete misleading finals. But uh, you know. Nebraska's had a pretty rough plan Wisconsin and Ohio State back-to-back weeks. So they get a much-needed bye last week. If they if they were going to show something, it would be this week off that bye. But I really don't trust their mindset either because uh, they're just 3-4 and four on the year. Only, th- only thing to play for is really a bowl game at this point. I just hope that Jeff Brom can find his quarterback this week because he's been going back and forth between Sindelar and Blau. Uh, but I do think the Boilermakers are the better team in this matchup. Um, so I lean that way, and I'll read you in here. All right, sounds good. Yeah, this is this is a lot of the home field advantage of these night games, which I, I think people really underestimate in college football. I agree 100%. Love the night home games. Speaking of, I'm going to go with Arizona State plus three at home against USC. Um, the Sun Devils have really flipped a switch over the past month. They've gone 4-0 against the spread the last four games. They beat a healthy Oregon team as 15-point dogs, 37-35. Then they lost by 10 at Stanford as 17-point dogs. Doesn't look like a bad loss there. Then they had their bye week and came back and beat Washington 13-7 as 17.5-point home dogs. And if they were going to have a letdown, it would have been last week in Salt Lake City. Instead, they blasted Utah 30-10 to 10 as 10-point road dogs. So they've covered the spread by a combined 77.5 points their last four games. Now they find themselves as home underdogs once again against USC. I just don't think this team's getting any love. Their defense held Washington to just 230 yards and Utah to 265 total yards while forcing four turnovers. Uh, they, the, you can bet head coach Todd Graham is happy he hired 40-year coaching vet Phil Bennett as, as his defensive coordinator in offseason. Now the Sun Devils are 3-1 and one in conference play. They're legit contenders in the Pac-12 South. Uh, USC is coming off the type of uh, dream-crushing loss that will be hard to recover from. They lost 49-14 to at Notre Dame. Um, USC's national title hopes are now gone. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to get back up off the mat this week. The Trojans were dominated at the line of scrimmage by the Fighting Irish. They gave up 377 rushing yards. They only gained 76 rushing yards on 31 carries. Uh, the Trojans just have huge injuries right now um, on their offensive and defensive lines. That's a big reason why I was on Notre Dame last week. It's a big reason I'm going against USC again this week. It's uh, you know they're 0-6 against the spread. Their last six. Sam Darnold's been running for his life. Trojans have committed two or more turnovers in all eight games this year, 19 turnovers on the season. They haven't had a bye to catch their breath. 
and won't be getting a bye all season. Uh, two weeks ago, USC needed to stop a two-point conversion to beat Utah at home in the final seconds. That's the same Utah team Arizona State just beat by 20 in Salt Lake City, so it gives them a recent common opponent. Trojans are 10-25 and 25 against the spread their last 35 road games. Sun Devils 10-3 and 3 their last 13 home games. So this is a late kick on ESPN at 10.45 Eastern. So I think it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere in Tempe. I think Sun Devil fans are excited for their team right now, and I expect them to win outright. Yeah, I'm uh, torn on this game. I went back and forth. I I can see reasons to back both sides. Um, I think USC is still the better team. I question Arizona State, you know, going from the role of the double-digit dog four straight weeks to now almost to a spot where they're expected to win at home. And, you know, USC off an embarrassing loss. You know, you just never know how a team is going to respond there. Um, you know, the big concern with USC is, you know, did they come into this season only playing for a national championship? Because if so, um, you know, their season's pretty much over because it's highly unlikely they're going to get into the playoffs with two losses. They can still win the Pac-12. Um they are historically a good team off a loss, 13-4, and four, last 17 against the spread after defeat. Um, but I don't love this spot at all for USC. I, I'm, you know, if I had to take a side, I'd probably lay the three, but I, I'm going to stay far away from this one. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and root you in with Arizona State here. All right, sounds good, Brandon. I'll be rooting you in on Purdue too. Uh, let's move on to the NFL. Uh what do you, what's your favorite free pick for Sunday? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons minus four on the road against the Jets. I believe this is the perfect time to jump on the Falcons. Uh, the public perception couldn't be much worse uh, after that ugly loss to the Patriots in a primetime game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the big thing here is, you know, if you watch that game, you already know this, but it wasn't as lopsided um, a contest as the final score would make you believe. The Falcons had two failed field goal attempts, one blocked, one missed. Uh, they failed to come away with any points on a first and goal, went forward on fourth down. That's for 13 points they left on the board. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but they would have at least made it respectable. And had they done that, I don't. I think everyone would be on uh, Atlanta here against the Jets. But because they lost so poorly, um, I, I think we're getting some line value here. Uh, this what people are getting, you know overlooking with the Falcons is you know they're a couple plays away from being five and one uh, they could easily won both the games they lost to the Bills and the Dolphins um and you know another reason we're getting value here is the Jets haven't lost against the spread since week two at Oakland um uh, it's a big surprise because everyone thought this team was tanking uh, including myself you know no one thought they were going to be competitive at all and because they've been so good and so competitive of late you know now they're getting respect and you know, that's typically, you know, the point where uh, the team, you know, doesn't show up. We saw kind of a little bit similar situation last week with the 49ers and so many close games. And then they everyone expects them to play the Cowboys tough and they get, you know, their butts kicked. So, uh, you know, this is also not a great spot for the Jets. They're coming in off a, you know, demoralizing loss to the Dolphins. They had a 14-point fourth quarter lead. Um, gave were outscored 17 to nothing in the final period to lose by three. And, you know, that comes after a heartbreaking loss to the Patriots the week before at home. And, you know, this, this, all that belief and confidence that they had, I, I think can be thrown out the window and, you know, Atlanta's not a team they got a grudge against or anything. So, and 
I, I think they struggle to match the intensity of the Falcons who are going to treat this game a little differently. Uh, Jets just one and six against the spread over the last three seasons off a loss to a division rival. Oh, and four when that loss comes by seven points or less. Atlanta 12 and three against the spread in their last 15 road games off an embarrassing road loss by 14 or more points and uh, five and one in their last six against a team with a losing record. I think this could get ugly and a you know big double digit win here for the Falcons. Yeah, I agree with this uh, free pick here, Brandon. And you know uh, against the Patriots, the Tom Brady did have an interception in the red zone that was overturned because of roughing the passer penalty. So a lot of things went against the Falcons in that game. I think after three straight losses, Falcons definitely uh, were getting them at a cheap price here. And I think the Jets have gone, you know, being going five straight weeks without losing against the spread, they're overrated. Um, Jets, you know, were 14 point dogs to the Raiders, nine point dogs to the Patriots, seven point dogs to the Bills, six point home dogs to the Dolphins. So at those lines just show you how much the odds makers have adjusted, uh, this Jets team, you know, going from 14 point dogs to the Jets to four point dogs to the Falcons. So, sorry, 14 point loss dogs to the Raiders and now four point dogs to the Falcons. It's, it's, uh, definitely some line value here for the Falcons, uh, I still believe the Falcons are a top five team in the NFL. They rank second in the NFL in yards per play on offense, uh, 6.2. Twelfth in yards per play on defense, 5.1. They outgain teams by 1.1 yards per play. That's a sign of an elite team to me. This is certainly a circle the wagons type of game for the Falcons. Good to hear, man. I'm glad you're on board with that one. All right, I'm going to go with the Bucks minus two over the Panthers this week. The season is basically on the line for the Bucks. I think we are getting the Bucks at a discount here as only two-point favorites uh, due to this three-game losing streak. But all three losses did come by five points or less. They were basically coin flips. Um, injuries have been the biggest reasons for their struggles, especially defensively. Levante David, Quan Alexander, Brent Grimes, TJ Ward have all missed time, among others. But all four are back and healthy now. Doug Martin's back from his three-game suspension. James Winston's shoulder injury, clearly an afterthought now. Um after he threw for 384 yards and three touchdowns against the Bills. The Panthers got off to that 4-1 start, but it was a bit fraudulent because three three wins came by six points or less. Um, They were really coin flip games. And then injuries really hit this team the last couple weeks. Lost at home to the Eagles 28-23, embarrassed by the Bears last week 17-3. They managed just three points against the Bears despite uh, possessing the ball for nearly 40 minutes. Uh, Carolina's offensive line has been hit hard by injuries, and they, they can't get the ground game going. Cam Newton's definitely making some costly mistakes. Can't be trusted. He clearly misses Greg Olson. And, and the defense uh, lost their best player in Luke Keekley to a cut concussion against the Eagles two weeks ago. He sat out last week and now uh, questionable again this week. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits again just because uh, he had concussion problems last year and they don't want to risk it. Safety Kirk Coleman also questionable. The weakness of the Panthers is their secondary. They allow 67% completions to opposing quarterbacks. That makes this a great matchup for the Bucks, as they rank first in the NFL in passing offense at 312 yards a game. Um, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, and Cameron Brait have proven to be reliable targets. Tight end uh, O.J. Howard, uh, the rookie out of Alabama, caught two touchdowns last week, so he's going to be uh, more more of a weapon going forward. Uh, I think we see the Bucks with their best effort of the season Sunday with their backs against the wall. Now that they're healthy, this is going to be a dangerous team moving forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree more here. I'm on Tampa Bay as well. Um, you know, just 
Speaking of that Panthers game, I don't know if you'll find a better example of a team beating themselves than what the Panthers did last week against the Bears. Uh, They shut Chicago down, held them to 153 total yards and five first downs and managed to lose the game. The offense turned it over three times, two times in Chicago territory that was returned 75 plus yards for a score. Um, You know, it's pretty well known if you've watched or listened um, to Cam Newton enough. Uh, he's a bit of a head case. And when he's lacking confidence like he is right now, uh, it can be really hard for him to dig himself out of it. He's, you know, th- two interceptions last week against Chicago, five in the last two games, 10 on the season, you know, and, and the entire team seems to take on the mentality of Newton. You know, when he's got confidence and he's playing well, this team's playing well, you know, like two years ago when they go 15 and one and play in the Super Bowl, you know, he's not playing well. You know, they struggle to win games, and we're seeing that right now. You know, they're just one and six against the spread in their last seven against division opponents. Um, Tampa Bay, a much better team than their two and four record would suggest. You know, injuries have played a really, you know, a big part of their struggles to start the year, like you said. And, you know, they are getting healthy, and I have a lot of confidence in this team to turn it around. And the NFC South, South is still there for the taking. And, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, came back and gave the Saints a run for their money here. Um, but I definitely like them at home and uh, would, you know, uh, laying less than a field goal here. Yeah, I had the I had the Bears last week. It was the most beautiful, ugly win I've ever seen, man. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give the listeners a couple more teaser uh, winners for this week. What's your favorite teaser in the NFL? Yeah, I'm going to take a couple teams I kind of like on the spread and uh, bump them up a little bit since I've had a little bit of bad luck uh, teasing favorites down. I'm going to take Oakland from a two and a half point dog up to an eight and a half point dog um, on the road against the Bills. And I'm going to take the Texans plus from plus five and a half up to plus eleven and a half at Seattle. Um, you know, I'm starting to become more and more believer of Desha- or Deshaun Watson and uh I don't know if he'll be able to pull off the victory in C- in Seattle, but I think he can keep it close enough uh, to cover this double-digit teaser line. All right, I like this one, Brandon. I think the Raiders hang tough against the Bills, and the Texans should uh, hang around with the Seahawks coming off their bye week, so I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with one of those favorite teasers down. Uh, I'm going to take a six-pointer with the Patriots, minus one and a half at home against the Chargers, Chiefs minus one at home against the Broncos. You know, the Patriots are hitting their stride right now. The Chiefs uh, definitely should bounce back from two straight losses, especially with getting that extra prep time uh, from playing last Thursday. Yeah, uh, anytime you give Andy Reid extra time to prepare, it's uh, usually a good thing for Kansas City. And, you know, I'm a big Chiefs fan, and I'm really hoping uh, that they come through for us on this teaser line here because – I don't know if I can stomach another loss to a division rival. Yeah, the way the Broncos have been playing lately, I think you're going to be safe there with the Chiefs, man. Uh, all right, Brandon, let's shoot for our, our, our sixth straight winning week and another 6-0 and uh, weekend. What do you say? Yeah, man, sounds good. Best of luck to you, and uh, let's uh, provide the listeners with a lot of winners this weekend. Yeah, man, keep it, keep it rolling in college football, and uh, let's, let's crush them this weekend. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com.